Hi friends, welcome to Growing as Grown Ups, where we believe each of us has the opportunity to keep growing in ways that can fundamentally improve our life effectiveness, our leadership influence, and our well-being. Through interviews, stories, and practical principles, we explore how you can accelerate your growth and unlock your potential to make the difference you want to make. And now, your hosts from The Leaders Lyceum, Dr. Sarah Musgrove and Dr. Keith Eigel. Welcome to the Growing as Grownups podcast, everyone. This is our last podcast of 2021. I can't believe we've made it a whole new year of this. It's been really fun. And to wrap up this year, we are going to be wrapping up our series on vertical development that has um, started in episode 30 and has gone on for the last four episodes. And today I get to interview two guests. So this is another new one for me, um, interviewing two guests at the same time. My co-host, Dr. Keith Eigel, and Dr. Carl Kuhnert, who was with us on episode six in a previous episode. These are both the men that I have learned the most about vertical development from, so it is going to be fun for me to get to interview them and ask them questions on their thoughts on the last few episodes and just their general take on uh, vertical development and how we keep growing as grown-ups. So our audience knows Keith because he's with us every week. Um, Just a reminder for those of you who have not um, listened to Carl's episode, I knew him as the department chair at the University of Georgia in the Industrial Organizational Psychology program, but he is now at Emory University and he is the professor of the practice in organization and management and the Associate Professor of Psychiatry in the medical school. So moved on to some fun and new interesting things, but welcome back to the podcast, Carl. I'm excited to have you. Great to be with you both. (laughs) So let's just jump in. I know you guys have been um, tracking with the last few episodes. And one thing that I really found fun was to hear the different ways that people explained vertical development. It's this abstract concept, and there's a lot of different ways that people explain it. So I went back through and listened to the episodes and thought I'd kind of pull them all together here and share their explanations or definitions of it, and then ask you guys how you explain vertical development to people. So in episode 30, we had Ryan Godfordson who said, vertical development is like leveling up. And his official definition was elevating our ability to make meaning of our world in more cognitively and emotionally sophisticated ways. So there was a lot in that, but I love the the directness of that definition. Um, Bob Keegan in episode 31, actually, I love this. He said he doesn't like the term vertical development because it sounds like shrimp scampi to him, which I had to go look up how shrimp scampi was a redundant name and I learned a little bit about what a scampi actually is but the way he described it is that um, it is the further unfolding and becoming a bigger and better version of yourself and then finally Nancy described it as a person's center of gravity where they feel balanced and where they come back to for strength and groundedness so Carl as our guest I'm going to start with you when somebody asks you what vertical development is how do you explain it to people well, when we, when we use the term vertical development, essentially, which is growing who you are, we contrast that with lateral development, which is growing your skill sets and knowledge base. Growing your skill set is what gets you a job. It's growing your vertical development that gets you promoted. And we all know, by the way, we all know people who um, have tremendous skills at work. You know, they may be accounting skills. Um, you, you think of a job and it, it obviously has a lot of skills um, that, that make up that job. But we, we all know people who have great skills, but who you would not want leading your company. And yeah. that usually is a result of the fact that they don't have much in the way of vertical development. And so, you know, what we do, um, what I do in my classes and what we do together um, at the Lyceum is that we put people in the position of them to help themselves grow. Yeah. All right, Keith, what would That's you really say? Good. I mean, Carl, I've heard some of that before. That was good. The, um, 
You know, Sarah, I was thinking about this question, and I guess it depends on how long the elevator ride is. Um, Three floors, right? <laughs> no, I'm it, just kidding. <laughs> and if and if I've got if I've got a floor, it's like um, it, it's it, it it's like hey, there's what we do and who we are, and and vertical development is really the who we are piece of it, right? Um, but I think what I do, like literally, when I'm on an elevator or in that kind of an environment that's super short. Um, I think what I tend to say is that, you know, we've all got lenses that we see the world through. And the lens that you have right now, you would acknowledge is different than the lens you had five years ago, right? It's more complex. It's more integrated. It's better, probably. You would say your lens today is better than your lens of five years ago. When you and people generally agree with that instantaneously, I'm like, well, the, the deal is, is that these lenses change in a predictable order and that, um, and that what we're about is growing lenses on purpose, not just letting it happen happenstance. And so that's a little bit my short version. I think my long version tends to lend itself a little bit more toward the distinction that Carl makes between lateral and vertical. Mm -hmm. um, but I really love the point that Bob made, by the way, um, that all true, if we're going to use the word development, it's vertical, right? I mean, that was the, that was the thing for him. And I'm glad to know, I may, I'm Googling up shrimp scampi as soon as this thing's over, because I did not do that. And I just <laughs> never liked the way shrimp scampi sounded as a couple of words. And I, it grates on my ears. And I thought that's what he meant. But now I'm going to dig in. So congrats for digging in. Yeah, scampi is, is like a shrimp in Europe or something. And here in America, we just made it, it right? to be how you're cooking it. So you learned something new today. <laughs> um, all right. Any other thoughts on how these other guests describe vertical development, things that you liked, things that maybe you want to incorporate or reactions that you had to what they said before we move on? I'll say one thing, Carl, jump in if you want. Um, since my interview with Nancy, um, I have uh, used center of gravity 15 times. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not kidding. It, it is like, to me, that it, it made, especially in coaching relationships, I've, I've reintroduced the concept as a center of gravity in this, and circumstances, relationships, challenges, knocking us off our center of gravity, either forward because the circumstances are beautiful and generative and out there or backwards in terms of like, why am I acting like this right now? I, I, for, for me, that takeaway was really good. I mean, I feel like our, my definition, Carl, I don't know if you feel like this, but I feel like my definition was so much shaped over the course of my career and my life by Keegan's definition that I just felt like, yes, 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 right? I, I kind of get it. And the thing that excited me about Ryan, actually, is that uh, you know, I don't want to sound like an, like an old guy, but he's a young guy. And I, I just loved it that he was trying to put vocabulary around this that he could own. I found that to be exciting, even though I might want to have a longer conversation with him about what he meant by everything, right? But I, mm. props to Ryan. Love that you had him on. I agree. Yeah. I agree. All right, so our guests also shared what drew them to this field of study and why they've stuck with it with their careers. So um, for Ryan, it was this desire to help people focus on the being side of leadership, <clears throat> not just the doing, and specifically how that would help people heal, heal their minds. And Bob, it was the, to honor the miracle of being alive, of being an evolving creature whose destiny is to keep growing and developing to transform very poetic. And Nancy, it, it boiled down to, it was a way to, to really express that every person's experience mattered. Hmm. So uh, Keith, I'll start with you. What was it that initially drew this, drew you to this study when you read Bob's hmm. book and you said it kind of changed the trajectory of your career? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've said this in some other environments before, but the, but um but when I locked into what vertical development was about, constructive development, right, this thing that we're talking about through this whole series, um, it explained for me in a complete way, 
in an in a in a in an integrated way my own journey to that point but also my understanding of what made the people around me who i knew were great for me it, it explained why they were great um and and so it allowed for so many individual differences. It allowed for different skill sets. It allowed for different trainings and intelligences in a way that explained why. Um, so literally, um, literally, when this was going on, I was adding a study onto the house that we were building. Um, I was in the middle of graduate school. We had three kids now populating the house, and it was crowded. And I thought I, I got I got to have a place where I can work for 40 hours a week right and not but I wasn't I didn't have an office and we built a fireplace in that room and there was a there was a 65 year old brick mason with a sixth grade education that I thought was one of the coolest wisest most insightful people I had been around and here, no education, no understanding of developmental psychology, no great business experience, but watching the influence that he had on his crew, as I got to know him in his community, um, it's like, of course, he's, he's moving toward level five. Mm. And, and he went to school through sixth grade, right? Grew up obviously in a very different era, grew up pre-civil rights. Right, but it but it was so comprehensive in the diversity it allowed for. So, I think I even spoke longer than I thought I would on what drew me to it. But that that's that for me that was it. So let me ask a follow up question then before I switch over to Carl. Um, and I, I don't want to read too much into what I heard you saying, but I'm wondering if as you were exposed to this model, you said it made you think of the people who were great. Was part of your draw to it then that it helped you create a framework for how you could continue to grow yourself to become like these people that you admired so much? Sarah, I think for me, it was not so much about the personal impact um, that I had, although I recognized that that would be an ancillary benefit, right? It was really that it, it, it for, for me, it's important to figure out the thinking and the rationale behind why something works. And so I think the original draw was really more about the sense-making that it created for me as I had been begin diving into the study of leadership and saw all of the different, um, all of the different ways um, that only partially explained why someone might be effective, whether it was a personality variable or a talent variable in some way. But yeah, the personal part for me, I recognize that that would also be true, but I don't think it was the primary draw. Carl, how about you? <laughs> when I first got interested in this, I probably wasn't so much interested in myself growing, uh, to be honest. Um, but this was in college. And um, at, at Penn State, they had a, a real hub uh, in the faculty, there's a hub of just great um, developmental psychologists, and um, and I remember uh, taking this class and and getting exposed uh, to to Piaget and Jean Piaget, the great child psychologist that we still recognize as probably one of the greatest psychologists of the 20th century, and um, and you know once you once you you know, I remember, I think I actually remember asking the question is like, wow, we have all this growth. We have all these stages of growth and development from, from, you know, uh, infancy all the way to adolescence. I think I probably asked the question, like, why do we stop? <laughs> why would we ever stop growing? And it, it never, I never really got a good answer to that because at that time, uh, people were not really studying um, uh, growth. Uh, and development the way we do now into adulthood. And this whole uh, area of adult development really has taken off over the past uh, 25 years or so. Um, but it always seemed to me to be kind of ludicrous um, that we stopped growing. And 
uh, sort of the next phase of this was kind of graduate school. And, it, it, and again, it came back to me that, oh my gosh, you know, so much, so much of, our, of our, our leadership theory, so much of our study of leadership um, had to deal with static concepts, right? And that if you were, if you had this trait as a, as, as a young child, you likely had it as an adult. And, and I see, and then, so what we're seeing over the, again, over the past 10, I mean, actually the past five years, we're seeing all this, this um, uh, study um, in, in brain science about how the brain changes, how, how our brains um, um, have this plasticity to them and how learning uh, changes our brains. And so, and so there's, there's now becoming this, this convergence on this idea that we continue to grow and develop uh, throughout adulthood. And I've always seen it as, as, you know, as our role in this is to help, is to help others um, uh, grow and develop uh, uh, on their own. I was just say for, for you, Carl, it sounds like it was this, um, kind of shock and awareness of why do people stop growing? And so the more theoretical, how do we help? How do we change? How do we make sure that people keep growing at that grander level, right? Kind of the large scale growth. Is that right? Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, And again, I mean, ultimately, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the pursuit of this, in the study of this, you, you turn that lens on yourself, right? Um, but, but, but one of the things about life is that we certainly, we understand it looking backwards, but we got to live it moving forward. <laughs> and so, and so, you know, looking, and it's, this is, again, this is one of the, the great things about like, like what we do for a living is that when you talk to, when I, at least when I talk to, to, to older adults, and I, and I talk about, you know, leader levels and, I, and, I, and, and the stuff that we've, we've worked on for, for the past 25 years. I can't tell you how many people come up to me, right? These are, these are older people who come up to me and they'll grab me and they'll, they like to grab me. They'll grab me and they'll say, Carl, this is my life, <laughs> right? And, and in a way, we are, we are actually mm-hmm. showing them how they grew and developed over the course of their life. And it's like a kind of an aha for them, but they're so grateful for now having a framework for understanding how their life was lived. And this just happened recently. I mean, literally a couple of days ago, I had this guy who did this to me and I was just, just I th- I, you know, first of all, I thanked him, but he was so grateful um, to share this model and uh, to, in, in a way, help explain the changes that, that, that he's seen throughout his life. What a gift you could give them. So Carl, you mentioned that eventually in the study of this field of adult development, you turn the model on yourself. So I'm just wondering if either of you have a story about how understanding the model, teaching the model, coaching the model, how that has impacted you and your life in some way. (laughs) It's like, how far do I want to go here, Carl? And how far do you want to go? I mean, that's like, that's appropriate. That's not appropriate. That's too embarrassing. That's, I, I'm going through this, want... this, this hierarchy in my own mind of what I can disclose here, what I don't want to disclose. I want the embarrassing yeah, stories I mean, for reference. I'm like, <laughs> let me give you something that, that happened not long ago, right? And mm. I'll I, I just say this, and I, I if it doesn't work, we can, we can edit it out. But, but you know, one of the, one of the things that... Um, has, has always captured me um, was this, 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 this idea of, of, of growth, uh, certainly moving from, if we talk about level three to level four, this idea of taking more rather than less responsibility um, for events around you. And uh, uh, it, it's it's so interesting to see how that plays out if you actually think that that's true and you want to live into that um, that idea that if something happens and you see it, you're responsible. And um, this was um, a while ago. Uh, I don't know, maybe a few months ago, actually. But I was... I was uh, kind of at this is kind of the height, if you will, of the of the of the pandemic, and I was 
of uh, my local grocery store. And, uh, uh, you know, everyone is, is masked up, right? And, um, and there, was, uh, there I was, I was, I don't know, I think I was looking in the, in the olive oil section or something of the store. And this guy with his buggy came up next to me and he didn't, he didn't have his mask on. In fact, he had it in a way that it was like behind his neck. It was, you know, kind of like disabusing actually the notion that we should be wearing masks, right? And making a point. And, and I, I remember thinking to myself right here, look, I see, so I'm, I'm responsible here because I know a lot of the, I know a lot of the uh, grocers and, and, the, and the people who, you know, wipe off my shopping carts. I know these people now as a result of going in there and talking to them and thanking them for, for uh, what they're doing for us uh, during the pandemic. And uh, I, I actually uh, saw that kind of, I took a, took an offense to this. And so I said to the guy, I said, uh, I said, sir, there's, there's a lot of people in this store that would really appreciate if you would put your mask on. And um, he looked at me and he says, uh, this is a country born on freedom. And, and I said to him, and I, it was one of those moments, I, I knew what I say, I said, well, look, this is also a country based on responsibility and responsibility to one another. Well, he came over to my cart, took, took my half gallon of orange juice, and threw it down wow. on, on the floor. The orange juice went everywhere. And, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, count to 10, Carl, count to 10. You know, I'm just doing whatever I can to try to, you know, not say anything else at this point. Um, but, but, but feeling like, okay, I did, I did what I needed to do here. And the next thing I know, he kind of takes off of his cart and I'm like, I'm not sure exactly what to do. And eventually I, I go to the back of the store and I, talk to one of the grocers and we come back and you know I try to actually help them clean it up but it was a it was one of those moments where um I had to decide in, in, a, in an instant and this is where this happens right this is where this is where this you know this this model is so important is that is that I knew if I wanted to I was gonna I was gonna regret right when I got in the car that I didn't say something I knew I was going to regret because I was, I basically felt to myself, I'm letting myself down here. If I don't say something. And, you know, and it was, it was actually interesting because, because, you know, I come home, I tell my wife the story and then she gets really mad at me for, you know, uh, putting myself in <laughs> potential danger here. Uh, but, but what I wanted to just, the point I want to make here is that, you know, this, this model, um, uh, has a way if you're willing if you're willing to to live into it um uh give you insight um into the world around you but also insight into yourself mm -hmm. carl fun story i cannot believe you didn't tell me that during the pandemic but that is a really fun story and um i, I just want to extend a little bit that by you being you but by you recognizing that you were going to be letting down yourself in some way if you decided not to say something, even though I bet you did not think that that was the reaction you were going to get from this guy. No. I got I got to believe that it you created a developmental opportunity from for him, even though uh, you didn't get to see that play out while you were together in the store. But there is no way that you throw somebody else's orange juice down onto the floor and burst it open and then drive away and never think about that event again and, and who you were. And, and I don't know, Sarah, if this is uh, Sarah, one of folks, uh, listeners, one of Sarah's biggest concern is that Carl and I are both sometimes hard to rein in. And so I'm doing exactly what your fear is right now. But it's good. But, but, Carl, but Carl, you did more than be true to yourself and, and create a developmental challenge for yourself in being true to yourself and thinking about it. And then that way you create a developmental challenge for someone else, right? If you got to walk that guy's journey with him beyond that time, you probably would have seen it. But unless he was super level two and is still cursing your name today, right. he, it, that, that event changed him as well. Right. That's what I love about it, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me let me also say that, you know, and again, in the moment, um, it was it was also about serving uh, the people I knew, 
yeah and, and protecting yeah. them yeah um because i knew i had i was masked and vaccinated and all that i i it wasn't really about me but it was about me in the sense i know i, I know i what i needed to do but yeah. this is again this is what this is what's so amazing about life is how these things just pop up right i mean this is just i mean this is just a saturday morning just i'm just you know I, i'm not even sure like I could probably use another cup of coffee, but I needed to go out and get something, right? And, it, and that's how this stuff happens, right? Mm. It's it's in the moment, mm. and 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 part of this is 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 being able to think about this stuff for as long as we have thought about it, and talk about it, and listen, right? We listen to people, and and the um, the kind of level four, if you will, decisions that they make, the tough ones. Uh, were made under the same kind of you know situations. It was like this is the moment that you are going to decide whether you're going to do the right thing or you're going to do the wrong thing, or you're going to do what is is in the best interest of your community or what's in it, this stuff happens. It, it it you you don't go through life without experiencing this um, regularly. Carl, one thing that I love about your story, in light of the last three episodes, is it's a great picture of you owning the model and what it means for you and the, and the growth that, that you have experienced and the person you want to be. But one thing that has struck me in all three of our previous guests is how they've talked about how it has shaped their view of others, right? So I heard your story and my first reaction was, what an idiot, like what is wrong with that guy that he would think throwing orange juice on the floor is an appropriate response? But then I think back to the way Ryan talked about everybody's doing the best that they can, right? And he talked about it in the context of, of seeing homeless people on the street. And we don't know what that man has been through. He's doing the best he can. Nancy talked about it in terms of that everybody's experience matters and, mm. and how, how, for me, the quickness I am to judge people, but to say, I wonder what this experience is like for him. And then Keegan talked about this mass challenge that the world is facing. And for people who were not ready for growth are being forced into challenging situations, this mass triggering that he's feeling probably threatened all of the time by what the world is telling him to do that led to that reaction. And so obviously I don't agree with his response. I don't, it is not what I would do. I would be disappointed if anybody I knew did that, but it, it challenges me to think now with a more compassionate lens. I wonder what his story is, that that was the best thing he could think to do in the moment. So, yeah. No, thank you for that. That's great. Brilliant. I, I had, Brilliant. I thought I had, you know, actually this is, you know, this wasn't in the moment um, because, you know, my amygdala was really firing here. Um, and um I, I wonder, you know, if I would have seen him again um, <laughs> five or ten minutes later, uh, could could I have had could I have had a conversation with him? Hmm. It's a good thing to ponder. Yeah, and and by the way, what would I say? Yeah. And um, I think, I, I think, and this is, you know, you, you again. Uh, I thought Bob did a great job with this is, 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 is and Sarah, you're absolutely right. He may have been having a really bad day. <laughs> and we all have bad days and I understand that. Um, but, but, the, but the real challenge for all of us today, by the way, you know, I think in our, in our, in our country, in our democracy is, is figuring out how we need, how to have those kind of conversations yeah. with people um, we don't agree with. So I, better, I better stop. There. So you Sorry. don't just you don't just think you would have found something in his shopping cart and thrown it on the ground. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. I'm pretty sure it would have crossed my mind, but I, you know, I, I yeah. that's what maturity gets you. So your center exactly. balance is good, but you could kind of. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I was doing the, wee I was doing the weeble wobble. I was doing the weeble wobble is what I was doing. It was, it was, uh, yeah, I needed to, I needed to do a rope a dope. Uh, I needed just to settle down. And, but I, but I realized that, you know, in the moment um, that, um, you know, the, again, this, again, this comes from maturity is that in the moment I realized um, 
deciding to do something other different, that doing, doing something other than standing there and watching him do this and having him walk away, that is probably the best thing I could have done at that time because I needed a timeout. That's great. Mm, so good. So Keith, what about you? How has knowing this model impacted you? Uh, well, I, I mean, it impacts me um, every day. There, there, are, there are more landmarky kinds of times that I can reflect back on. And, you know, as I thought about this question, knowing you were going to ask us this, um, you know, I, I thought back to some pretty cool times where I've like intentionally known that the part of the growth journey that I was on would require me to go spend time with someone who saw and experienced the world very differently than me. But that sounds so um, self-aggrandizing in a way because it, it was the, the byproduct was good. I think where the model intersects with my life is when um, Lee and I are having tension around anything, but I, I, I don't want to tell those stories here. Um, I, I was in a meeting this morning where in the 10 minutes between that meeting and the beginning of this podcast, um, I was already thinking, how could I have been different? Why was that challenging for me? Uh, how must this other person in the meeting where there was some conflict intention, how must they be feeling and what gave voice to that? And, and, and all of that bubbles up in a way because I understand the map. Not, not like I've got something that other people can't have. It's just Carl and I, and, and now you and the other people who've been guests in this episode, you could hear it in every conversation. When you, when you integrate it into life in this way, it, the, the, the impact is almost daily. And, um, you know, not wanting to shift a conversation too much, but that's why we've always believed that helping people understand the map, it's why Carl and I wrote the book, is so important because it makes them more effective. It makes me more effective at integrating daily challenges, big and small, landmark challenges, in a way that I think, you know, we've used this analogy before, but it's like, if you're working out on a regular basis and building strength and endurance, when you get in a situation that is exceptional and you need to leverage that strength and endurance, it's way different than not having trained at all up to that moment, mm -hmm. right? And so, um, yeah, that's, 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 a, that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, good answer. So I have I have some specific questions, is it questions and thoughts on each of the episodes, but before, before I do that, I just want to know for those, for you, for the two of you who have listened to all the episodes, what is kind of still rolling around in your mind that maybe you keep processing either because it was really meaningful to you or it was a different way to talk about something or maybe something you were trying to make sense of that you didn't agree with, but just kind of from Ryan to Keegan to Nancy's two episodes, what are the things that stuck out to you the most? Mm. Carl, why don't you start? You may go. All right. Yeah, sure. I, well, um, there are a few things. Let me see if I can just narrow it down here. Um, I, think, I think the most important thing, um, and it's also uh, uh, where I got the greatest uh, chuckle, um, was when um, Bob talked about... <laughs> honoring our potential to grow and not to die and um which means that you know for him suffering a loss that feels unacceptable and um this is something that again uh, we've been talking about you know together and i've been bugging keith i think for at least the last year about this is that 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 that, that most of our growth um is a result of, of a loss for us. 
um, that means something that didn't work out well. Uh, a decision that we made didn't work out well. It could be uh, getting fired from a job uh, or getting demoted, or it could be um, a loss um, uh, of a dear friend um, uh, to COVID or something. And, and, and so that, that loss is something about that loss that gives us the, 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 the chance to kind of reassess who we are, what we're thinking about. And it's just so interesting for all of us. I mean, we, we do this, we do this, um, uh, what we call the, uh, the lifeline in our, in our program. And we have people, you know, tell us about life, um, landmark events that were in their life. And, you know, again, we know we've done this all over the world. And you ask people in these landmark events, you have these positive landmark events and you have negative landmark events. Which of these has the greatest impact on your growth? And it's like, it's universal, right? People say, oh, I learned the most, right? From the loss or for, for that negative landmark event that usually is a loss of some sort, it's defined broadly loss and in that loss. And, um, and so when, when Bob talks about, um, you know, the potential to grow and not die is that we're always, we're always, we're always, when we want, when we're, we want to kind of stretch ourselves, do things, we know that loss is there and it's just going to happen, right? We know that loss is going to happen. And what keeps us in place, for most of us, what keeps us in place is the fear of that loss. Yeah. And yeah. so, and so it's, it's, it's that, and I, and I think Bob highlighting that, um, is very important because when we when we when we talk about the the the, the journey the growth journey, it's easy to kind of get caught up in the positive aspects of this, right? And we don't really understand the consequences, and it's those consequences that we don't we don't talk about those consequences, and and I think we all have something that we're afraid of losing, and. And if we hold on to that too long, um, it really impacts our growth. And we know we've we've done enough of these growth gap tools, Keith, to know that there are people who have been in kind of in place for the last 15, 20 years because they couldn't tolerate dying in their own in their own in their own thoughts about this. Yeah. So that yeah. that 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 was huge for me. Um, and the other thing that I'll just say this and I, we can, we can, I'll, I'll just turn it over to Keith, but the other thing that was really great was, uh, the, the Nancy, you know, sharing with us, Bob sharing with us, Ryan sharing with us their own metaphors <laughs> for growth. And they are so good. <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, oh, wow, that's awesome. And uh, I just loved them. I thought, by the way, I thought, I mean, I thought the Weeble Wobble and the Cheerios Bowl, I thought they're brilliant. And oh, by the way, I can't wait to use them um, in my classes because I think they're, I think it really does a great job of, of talking about what it feels like and what it looks like uh, to be going through um, uh, a growth period. Yeah, I think with as complex as this model is, the word pictures really do help communicate what it is that we're trying to express to people. So I love those metaphors as well. Keith, I know you did. Um, Keith, what about you? What's been rolling around in your mind since these three, four well, podcasts? Uh, a, a, a lot, I'd echo a lot of what Carl said um, as I was just listening to him now talk about um, growing and dying from the Keegan episode. I think the thing I've been thinking about since that interview is a little different um, from the thing that Carl was thinking about on the same topic um, in that I've been contemplating, so what does it mean for me in the work that I do, in the work that we do, to have the same enthusiasm and embrace 
and which I think expresses itself differently in compassion and empathy for people who are bumping up against the 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 not to die part of their job. And uh, you know, his three stories, um, uh, you know, which poker's the thing that sticks out for everybody, but really it was uh, he was able to talk about uh, politics, religion, and sex in, in kind of an acceptable way. Um, but but how do we honor and in, how, how do I honor and embrace the fear that someone's feeling and how does that maybe change the way I've done it so much over the years where, where it was more, you just got to have courage. You got to have, this is going to be something you're going to have to push through. And it was more that kind of encouragement versus the I mean, this is a dumb picture, maybe, but it's like, how do I hug them differently? Give them a different kind of hug in what they're going through. I don't know if that if that makes sense. And if it doesn't, we can pull that out of the episode. The other thing I think that I haven't been able to stop myself from thinking because I think I resisted it at first was in Ryan's podcast is I'm still processing what he means by trauma uh, but I can tell he knows what he means by it. And I'm, and it's made me want to think through where he's right. And, and what he's thinking of, like, how, how can that change me? Right. And, and so that's been, that's been the other thing, but I, and I agree with all the other things Carl said, Cheerios, especially. <laughs> well, can I just, let me extend this just, just one, just one little bit here, which is, you know, and this this came out of Nancy's, and, and and of course we've talked about this. You know, I mean, I guess we, this has been in our vocabulary for a long time. But somehow, the way she said it, um, which is she talked about the holding environment. Maybe it's the bowl of Cheerios, yeah. but maybe it was that. But it, it helped me to think about, you know, w- when when you hear certain things, you know, and, and, and so when 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 the guy throws my orange juice um on the ground you know i don't i'm sure i did not think about this at the time but but after listening to nancy i I thought to myself i wonder what his holding environment is (laughs) right yeah where where is he where's he where's he getting support for that yeah yeah and then i mean that goes back to the like what's when you're asking him to put his mask on that is that is his version of some death that you are asking him to embrace the death of freedom, right? That loss of freedom yeah. to him feels like a death because his, invo- his holding environment values and adheres to this preeminence of freedom. Yeah. So but, but, but can I, this is what I love about this, this, this discussion is that if we, if, if we are able to label it as kind of a holding environment, we then don't demonize others. We don't increase the separation between us. Does that make sense? Keep going with that. Sure. No, no, no. It's it's just you know what happens is, you know, uh, you know it's it's tempting it's tempting, um, to refer to this guy as an idiot or uh, sociopath. I mean, throwing some sort of labels on him that demonize him, yeah. when in fact what what really is going on here is there is a there's a constituency around him that supports that what he did and Mm -hmm. mike i don't look i don't know this he may even go back to that constituency and tell the story as a funny story right and so and so that our job one of our jobs is to really understand better uh, uh someone's holding environment what's holding them in place why are they doing what they're doing? And both Bob and Nancy talked about that idea in terms of for them to grow, for, for Mr. Orange Juice to grow, for him to put on the mask and respect you or um, act in a different way could put in danger his whole social construct of where he belongs and the people that he fits in with, that it's like, I would lose that. I could lose that thing. I could lose those associations. They could reject me if they found out I put my mask on in the grocery store. And so that's that, right. that, that fear. Um, 
you know, yeah. that well, th- to him, it made sense, you know? Yes. Well, that's the experience of, <clears throat> of, of, of not being the Cheerio in the bowl, but outside the bowl on the table. <laughs> and what does that feel like? Mm, yeah. Maybe kind of cold and damp. <laughs> I don't know, but it, it's, 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 it's a different place. And, um, and, 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 and my guess is, and I don't know this, but um, it's probably going to take a great deal of care and a great, it's going to take a different way of us being with each other uh, than we are, it seems like today, uh, uh, to get a handle on each other's kind of holding environment yeah. so we can make yeah. a change. All right, I have one last question for both of you, and it's a big one, but it's the one that people have asked me to ask you. So on behalf of our listeners, the biggest question people always have is, okay, but what do I do? (laughs) What is it that I need to do to keep growing? How do I make sure that I'm not the person that's getting stuck, that's um, living more in the fear of dying versus the miracle of growth? And so I know both of you, you know, all of us as a profession make it our job to help people grow. Um, But if if there's one or two kind of best practices, strategies, things that you would encourage people to do so that they can take the next step, what would that be? You want to go? You want me to go? It doesn't matter. You can go. I've been going first. Uh. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to change the answer that I pre-thought through actually on this in light of this conversation, um, because I think the thing, assuming you haven't already done this, right, that's what I'm assuming right now, that you haven't already done this, because for those that have already done it, um, they know that my answer might be embrace the challenges you're facing in, in a way that can really lead to growth. But for people who may not have fully understood everything we talked about in these last four episodes, um, I would ask, do you ever feel like you're wandering through the wilderness of life without a map? When if you understood the map, not only would you be more maybe efficient in your journey, but it might take you to the most beautiful sites on that journey. It might take you to places that you didn't even know were places that you could see. I I, I talked to a, a, a friend recently who was hiking in North Georgia and they knew that this was a waterfall hike and they hiked up to this waterfall and thought, oh my gosh, this is beautiful, this is beautiful. And they came back again and they did it and they came back again and did it. And finally they ran into somebody who said, that's not the waterfall. The waterfall is two miles further down the road, down the trail. And when they saw the real waterfall, they were like, I had no idea. I thought the waterfall that we saw was beautiful. And it was probably, right? But it's like, if you're listening to this in this whole vertical development series, I would say, read more, dig in more, because when you understand the map, of how we as people grow, it's such an important step to make the most of the experiences you can't avoid anyway. Yeah, that's great. And and obviously you guys wrote a book called The Map. Um, And we'll, I wanna put some resources on the website for people to go to, but what would be some of the other places? Ryan has a good white paper that we'll link to that we had earlier. Which of Keegan's books do you think is a good starting point to understand this? Wow, (laughs) that's a, that's a, that's a hard question because um, acknowledgedly by him, his books are harder to read, but but for me, in over our heads, the mental demands of modern life is the greatest entry point in terms of getting a full view of the model. Uh, I think it's easier to read than the evolving self. But if you've read in over our heads and you've taken it in, I think going back and reading that next one is really um, important. I think go take Ryan's assessment that 20,000 people or whatever have taken right now. I was actually 
kind of impressed with what it yielded. Um, it's, it, but, it, but it's a way to just gain maybe a little bit of self-awareness or be challenged. Um, I think if, I'll, 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 st I'll, stop, I'll stop there. One thing I wanna say before, just as a side note, cause we didn't have time to talk about it. One thing that dawned on me while we were talking is Ryan's mindsets capture the fear of dying right? Which is the opposite of looking good, being right, avoiding problems, getting ahead, right? Those yeah. kind of um, less developed mindsets are what we do to make sure we don't die versus the, the growth mindsets on the other side are the, the miracle of growth. And so I just thought that was a cool connection that I hadn't drawn the dots between um, Bob and Ryan until you said that. So it is a good assessment. Carl, what so, about hey, Sarah, you? Sarah, real quick, I, I want to go back and just say, in case it's misunderstood, that when I was using the map, that is what we called the book. I was not thinking go by the map, although go by the map, right? I mean, I'll, I, I'll we, promote we, your book for you. Listen, we're proud of it. And we do think it is, a, 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 as we tried to talk as plainly as we could in that book. Um, but I was using understanding the map more generically than that. And I, I wanted to just clarify that in case it matters. You were talking about the lowercase map, and I am going to promote your book for you, the uppercase map. You can pull a link Perfect. to that too. Perfect. Thank you. So. Thank you. Okay, Carl, what Carl about your you? turn. Well, um, I guess I guess right now where, where I am um, on on kind of the specifics or tools and techniques uh, for growth that I think we, we, we should really realize that the curriculum for our growth is all around us. I mean, it is all around us. I mean, we, every day, every day we're out and, and we're doing things. We're, we, we have within us the ability to actually change um, our minds and how we want to deal with this interaction, right? Who, who are we going to be in this interaction? And, and, and I, I, I've, always, I've always loved this, this quote um, from uh, Max Dupree, who said, we cannot become what we need to be by remaining who we are. And I find that to be so true is that, is that I, mean, I actually actually ask I ask myself this quite often. It's like, am I am I actually am I am I actually better today than I was yesterday? What have I done over the past day, or what have I done over the past week that that makes me better, um, makes me stronger in the admit in 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 the in, in midst of the the chaos that that's that's around us in our institutions? Um, what am I doing? And I think I think I think what we have to combat is Keith kind of mentioned this, I have my own word for this, which is just being on autopilot, you know, is, is getting our daily uh, to-do list and going through that to-do list and not, not thinking about what it is we're doing and how we're doing it. And I, I think there's just a lot of, of growth potential um, just in dealing better with, with the world around us, whether it be, you know, our, our, our husbands, our wives, our friends, um, how can how can we serve better uh, the people around us? Because there are people, you know, if, if you're in an organization, there are people asking things of you right now. And the question is, are you are you answering those calls? Hmm. Yeah. And so so uh, that's kind of a broad that's kind of a broad way of of of, of answering your question. Uh, I would say uh, for me, as kind of a, a, an ending point, and this is kind of a call. Um, as much as, as I love the, the metaphors and, um, I actually love when, when Nancy was kind of struggling with talking about level five, because that's been our experience, right? I mean, we love these metaphors. We, we, we love it when other people are struggling to try to explain level five. And, you know, and it's occurred to me that I think the problem is the fact that we don't have a language for level five. That is, we don't, we don't have a language for it. And I think it's, it's, it kind of 
uh, in some ways it kind of dishonors growth if we can't do a better job of describing what it is, what great leaders are able to do. And you know, as much as as much as we 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 have again this great language that we've created around it, it's not real. We all we're all using different language to describe it. And I, I don't know if it's, we need a new vocabulary, um, but but we need something to be more consistent in the way we talk about these higher levels, so so people can can um, embrace them and and see and see the model as aspirational, which it's always been for me. That's really good. And part of my hope in doing this series was building connections between people who are doing work in this space. But, you know, you had, you'd never met Nancy before, Carl, and neither of you have met Ryan. And I'd, um, you know, read Keegan's work and shook his hand once, but hadn't interacted with him. And so, you know, how great would it be if we could have this community of people working in this space that could share experiences and language and figure out the best way to teach it, the best way to, to coach to it. would be great. I agree. Right. Any closing I, thoughts? I agree as well. <laughs> <laughs> Any closing thoughts from either of you as we wrap up this series on how it is that we continue to grow as grownups? I, you know, I mean, I'm just struck. Carl opens the door to some new existential question every time I talk with him. And that, and that, um, you, you know, not only are we on a journey as people, uh, this whole constructive developmental theory is on a journey as, as well. And that, and that the journey's not over. It's not like we've got some sort of, hey, now you've listened to the four episodes. Glad you got the truth, capital <laughs> T, right? It's like, no, we're all in the middle of this, but but there have been, I mean, hundreds, if not thousands of researchers, philosophers, teachers, professors, practitioners around the world that have been recognizing the the importance of this in terms of not only growing well but 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 also evolving in a way that we that we that, that we avoid death right i mean there's there's a lot to think about in that i'm still processing the keegan thing i listened to it again this morning that segment, right? I'll probably have to listen to that segment a few more times or, or read the transcript or something because it's so, it's so dense, but, but, but there is power and efficacy in this journey that we're on. And so my encouragement or closing thought would be, don't go, well, that was weird, or that was academic, or that was, uh, figure out how, how it intersects with your life and, 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 and begin to put it to use. Beautiful. Very good. Well, I, I will, I'm going to just play off of what Keith just said, um, which is, I, I hope people understand that, um, and I'll say this for, for all of us, I think, we, I think everybody who's working in this area realize that the stakes <laughs> um, for more collective growth across this world is important. Um, you know, democracy is fragile. Um, you know, country's leadership is fragile. And um, we know that, that the world is going to require more level four, level five leaders um, if, if we're going to be able to, to deal um, with these complex problems um, that we're facing. Um, again, not only in this country, but around the world. And um, we're going to have to figure out ways of, of, of growing others. And, and what we're doing, you know, we're doing what we can do. Um, but it really needs, we need a, we need a much broader audience uh, to do the work that, that we think needs to be done. Mm. The stakes are high. 
for ourselves, for the people that matter to us, for our world. So I love that challenge. Hey, well, well, hey, thank, thank you. I mean, I, I, both of you for, for the work you're doing and um, the podcast have actually been really instructive for me and, um, and I hope that it is for others. Um, you're doing a great service. So thank you. Thank you so much. It has been really fun for me to get to inter both, interview both of you as I'm looking at my screen. I'm realizing that the two of you have been my guides in learning this model and this theory and how to apply it. And then I know, Keith, for you, Carl, was, was kind of your introduction and, and guide early on in your journey, too. So I feel like it's a little bit of a, a family reunion legacy moment right here that, that I get to have this conversation with the two of you. So thank you for sharing your wisdom with me over the years. And I hope that we get to continue to work together and help people keep growing. Just to build off of Sarah's kind of generational thing, Grandpa, thanks for being with us. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. Hey, I well, I, I'm going to, uh, yeah, okay. All right. So, so, so now we become dysfunctional, right? Again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. This is well, where I'm gonna I've got to. I'm going to say goodbye the way my daughter says goodbye to me, which is peace out. <laughs> peace out, Carl. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, All right, Sarah. everyone. I hope the rest of your 2021 is great and you start out this next year really learning and, and pushing into your own growth as we continue to try, try to make this world a better place. So happy holidays. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Growing as Grownups. Take a second and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and tell your friends. You'll find all of the goods related to this episode, including the transcript, videos, links, and other ways we can help you keep growing as a grown-up on our website, growinggrownups.com. Growth isn't easy, but it's completely within your reach. Until next time, journey well, friends.